Oh, Welcome okay. to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Hey. Hi, thank you for that. Um, I'll take off my glasses. I can't, then I can't see myself and I can't see you guys, so I can share. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm a little overwhelmed by how many newcomers are on this meeting and how many people are on this meeting and that it's being taped and I have social anxiety. And so I'm just gonna get that out of the way. I'm also needing to cook during the meeting. So my video will go off when I do that. So just so you know, when it's off, it's just sticking a chicken in the oven. Okay, so, um, so I'm Ray, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a bulimic and I'm an anorexic. And um, that's my dog. The, the thing moaning in the background is my dog. Okay, so um, anyway, wow, I'm just a little overwhelmed. Okay, so for the newcomer, for the newcomer, um, we we urge you to try six different meetings because what I say today may be so far afield of what you've experienced that it'd be good to come back and hear somebody else because we each have a different experience of this program. Um, I, um, I personally, my biggest problem is dieting and restricting. Um, I've been in this program um, almost 33 years. No, 33 years, that's right. I have 33 years of absence, sorry. 33 years of absence, I'm, I'm getting a little, it's a lot. Um, and my first day when I came in, I got abstinent. Now, does that mean that I stopped doing all my behaviors? No. Abstinence in this program is not defined as a food plan, although for many people, their abstinence is their food plan. That's not what mine is. Um, for me, this is only for me, um, I come from very, very harsh dieting, harsh restricting, writing everything down, weighing and measuring, bringing scales with me to summer camp, you know, like weighing and measuring scales, bringing scales to restaurants. I did that my entire life. And so when I got into program, that kind of behavior would further my, it would feed my disease, right? Now for some people, they need to see what four ounces or five ounces or 12 ounces, however much you want to eat, what that looks like. You know, I, I know what that looks like. I know what the calories are. I know what the macrams are. So for me, coming into this program, I had to believe that there was something out there that was greater than, than me that could relieve me of the obsession that I will never be thin enough, that I will never work out enough, that I will have this for the rest of my life and I will never ever be able to, to enjoy anything ever again. So when I came into program, I was 26, um, I'm, I am 58, um, so that's 32 years. I was wrong, it is 32. Um, so uh, I came in and um, I had 
I'd been on my last diet. Actually, that's not true. I had one more diet in me. I didn't think I did though. Um, I was living in New York City at the time. I had just gotten off a diet. So I was at my thin point. I'm, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a yo-yo dieter, was a yo-yo dieter, went up and down 30 pounds every couple of years. And it was really, um, it was demoralizing. And um, my first diet was at nine. My mother took me to a commercial weight loss program when I was nine. And so at nine, I realized there was something wrong with me and it was my weight. And if I could just, if I could just be thin, everything would be fine. And my mom would like me and my dad would like me. And, you know, cause they always liked me a little bit more when I was thinner, just a little bit more. Um, and so um, I did all that stuff. Um, ate off of floors, I was a waiter. I used to eat off of people's plates. I didn't know them. I honestly, during COVID, I probably still would have done it. Like I just didn't care. I just didn't care. I was a garbage eater, literally eating out of the garbage. And so what I would do, and I don't have any shame about this. Like I just did this, you know, like I, I have a disease. That's what I learned at my first meeting was that it wasn't my fault. There was a solution that had nothing to do with a diet or exercise. And if I stayed there, I would learn what I would learn how to work it, you know? And I was like, I'm in, I'm in. If I stop dieting, I'm done. Like I'm just done. So, um, yeah, so I got into program and then, um, I was engaged to the person I'm still with. We've been together 40 years. Um, we've been married that long, but we've been together 40 years. Um, and yeah, I came in cause I was worried about my wedding dress fitting me among amongst other things. And, um, but it really kept me in. And then um, what started to happen was I started to hear the sanity of the old timers and even some people who hadn't been around that long, like people whose stories were very similar to mine, you know, I like, you know, eating out of garbage cans and then having to take um, liquid soap and pour it over all the shit in the garbage can so I wouldn't eat it, you know? Um, I mean, I had a lot of tricks to stop myself. The problem is they didn't work long enough. They weren't long-term solutions. I have a long-term problem that requires long-term solutions. So a diet is a temporary solution that doesn't work for me. It just doesn't. I've tried it again and again and again, it doesn't work. Laxatives don't work for me. Tried it again and again and again to the detriment of my colon doesn't work for me. Um, you know, uh, orthorexia doesn't work for me. I was macrobiotic. I was vegan. I was, you know, all these things to try and control my food. That is not a knock on anybody who does those things. That's just for me. It was to control it, not to clean it up, not because I gave a shit about animals. It had nothing to do with any of that. You know, it's just, how can I control my food? So, when I got into program, I know I'm jumping around a lot and I apologize for that, but um, I'm letting God <laughs> speak for me because we had a little talk about it this morning. So, um, so I, I, um, I had to gain weight and that was really hard because when I came in, I was eating grapefruit, lettuce and eggs and mustard, not very much of it and exercising two to three hours a day and taking a lot of laxatives. And so I came in and I was like, 
okay, um, I'm going to continue dieting my first year in here. I'm not, I didn't even know laxatives were a thing, so I didn't give those up, but I was willing to come to meetings every single day and I was willing to start taking commit, uh, commitments and I was willing to get a sponsor and I did 12 steps in 12 weeks and I still keep doing steps, but I was really going to do 12 steps, 12 weeks gone. And, you know, for anybody who wants to do that, God bless you. Like this program's not for everybody. Um, a lot of, you know, my son, uh, almost died from this disease about five years ago. He, um, hard, hardcore anorexic and bulimic, um, six feet, 120 pounds. So um, I have seen treatment centers. I, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen the suicide rooms. Like I've had two friends in this program commit suicide. I was suicidal when I came in. I prayed for cancer, joined a cult to lose weight. Um, you know, these are not the actions of a, a healthy, sane person. They're just not. But I didn't know that because all I could think about was my body and how I was going to get it to look the way I wanted it to look. So I got into program and I heard people say, you don't have to do this to yourself anymore. There's a solution. It literally says in the big book, there is a solution. <laughs> I'm like, what? And it's so simple and it's so hard. That's what I discovered. This stuff is so simple. Like if I just show up a few days a week, you know, for me, when I got in, I went every day because I, I saw my people and I was like, these are the people who understand me. These are the people who know what I'm going through. They don't think it's about willpower. Like nobody told me it was my fault. Nobody said to me, you know why you can't stop eating? Because you're a compulsive overeater. Nobody said that to me. They said, it's because you're a pig. You're a pig. And so that's the kind of guilt and shame that I used to walk around with. If I could just do this, you know, and I, I would go to the gym and I would look at the thin women there and I'd be like, if you weren't such a fat pig, you wouldn't have to be here. You know, and now I'm like dancing in my living room every other day because I love it. And I don't think, you know, if you weren't such a fat pig, you wouldn't be dancing. right now. <laughs> it's like, nope, nope. I dance because I love it. I don't go to gym. Well, my, my dance classes were in a gym, but now, you know, we're in quarantine, whatever. So, um, and that's been really great, you know, like just, I've, I've, like, when do I get a time? God, I feel so bad. Okay. Anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, let me talk about what a day looks like for me now, as opposed to what it looked like before. Okay. So when I came in suicidal, praying for cancer, looking at subway trains every day, cause I lived in New York and I was going to throw myself in front of a train like every day. That was, that was, you know, and then I thought I had this thing, uh, I'll be dead by 30. Like that was my goal. So, um, and now like every year I have a birthday, like people, God, I hate getting like, it's the best. I'm just letting you know, it's the freaking best. Like I was talking to a friend in program. She said, she's younger than me, but not by much. She's in her fifties. You know, she's like, I've never looked better. I've never felt better. I've never. And I'm like, I know it's a lie. It's just a lie that getting older is a problem. It's not, it's not. It really is. And I love it. I mean, yeah. Do things look a little different? Is it a little harder to do certain things? Yeah. It's also easier to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? And I have all this more, I have more time in programs so I can say to somebody, I hear you. I know what you're going through. I can help. And when my son got really sick, my sponsor said to me, 
sometimes the only reason we go through these things is so we can tell somebody else you can get through it. And that's what happened to me in program. I heard people say that they could get through deaths, divorce, um, uh, um, uh, adoptions that, that had gone poorly. I mean, really shit, lots of trauma, lots of childhood trauma I've heard in these rooms. And we go, you know what? I want it to stop with me. I'm gonna start taking responsibility for myself. That's what I found out about the bulimia. Bulimia is not simply not taking responsibility for what you eat. However that looks, whether it's at the gym, throwing them up or taking them away, that is not taking responsibility for the food I eat. So for me, I want, it to, I want to be responsible for the food I eat. I have to pray before I eat. I have, oh, I, okay, oh, I'm still jumping around, I'm so sorry. Okay, so, so yeah, so what it looked like. So today, this is what it looks like. So I get up in the morning and the first thing I do before I even go to the bathroom is I meditate for half an hour. Now, this is not something that I have been doing the entire time in a program. I've gone probably a decade where I didn't meditate in program. I will tell you, meditation is kind of an amazing thing and it does help. And, um, and it's the 11th step. So if you're new, don't worry about it. It's so far away. You don't even have to think about it. But if you're like 10, 11, 12, you know, I would adjust it as a really good tool. So what happens during my meditation is I, I, I go through the first step and I say what I'm powerless over, like especially. And it's usually food and body. That's the first thing that comes up. And I'm and outside events. Like I'm just completely... I have no control over what goes on outside of these rooms, inside these rooms, inside my own body. I can't even control my breathing. I don't have control over anything. And then I say, but today I could use some extra help on my body and my food and just like, let me know my body's enough. And I want, I want you to help me with what I eat, how much I eat and how quickly I eat it. And those are three things. And if I can say that before a meal and I learned this from pity, please leave a bite pod. I leave a bite for God and I don't take seconds. That's what I have to do. My sponsor, I, I share this a lot. My sponsor doesn't drink alcohol. I mean, she drinks, but she doesn't drink alcohol. No, no alcohol, no sugar, no flour for 35 plus years, all of that, right? She doesn't care that I do all of those things. She doesn't care at all. Because she's like, that's not what we're here for. That's what we think we're here for. Because the food's a problem. The body's a problem. You know, the underweight, the overweight, the just, you know, whatever. The mind, it's a problem. But then we start working the program a little more and we realize, well, maybe that's not the problem. Maybe that's like a solution to a problem. And it's not a terribly great solution anymore. It helped me when I was younger because I was terrified of my own home and the food made me feel safe. Great. Help me survive. Thank you, food. Now, I don't need that. I don't need it. I feel safe now and, um, and I live safe. And whenever I get crazy, I have people to call. I have a sponsor. I have friends in this program. I go to meetings. With Zoom, I have, I'm in another program. I go to two meetings a day almost every day that we've been in this pandemic because I have the time and it helps, really helps. I like to hear about God. I really like to hear about God. So then after I do my first step, I do my second step, I believe you can restore me to sanity. I really believe that. 
And then I say, okay, for today, you get me. <laughs> that's kind of what we do. And then I ask to have my, my, um, my shortcomings removed. And then I ask to be of service. And then I go into some kind of meditative state. But, you know, that's what I do every single morning. And before every meal, I pray and I leave a bite for God. So I'm always in touch with that. And when I'm in the car, if I get a parking space, if the guy who almost hit me today on the freeway at 80 miles an hour, not that I should be going 80 miles an hour, but I was, and some guy like nearly took me out today. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So I do that a lot. Um, and, you know, my food has changed so much in this program. I didn't know how to eat when I came in. If there was, if I wasn't on a diet, I seriously didn't know how to eat. So I had to learn how to eat. And that started with phone calls to like fellows going, I'm going to have a, a meal of popcorn. That's my meal tonight. <laughs> what does that sound like to you? And they'd be like, what does it sound like to you? And I'm like, I don't know. It sounds like a meal. I don't know. And then somebody would say, well, got any protein with that? You know, and I was like, no, how do you do that? You know, and I would literally ask people like, what do you eat? How do you do this? And little by little, I learned how to grow up and be an adult and feed myself. And now my body tells me when I'm full because I ask it to let me know. And when I was first doing this, I would say, I need to know like a rock because I don't listen that well and I'll keep eating. It's gotta be like a rock. And that happened where I was just like, holy crap. And I would look at my plate and I'd be like, that's not enough food. It's never gonna be enough food for me. Absolutely, no, 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 no. And I did a little prayer and say, okay, you're not getting seconds. So this is, better make most of this because if I have seconds that leaves my mind open for thirds. So if it's not an option, it's not a problem. We say that in here. Um, so I do that and I, um, I am full, I'm full, it's a miracle. And my, my food changes every single day. I, I mean, my breakfast is pretty much the same every day because I am a compulsive overeater and I just need to start the day off a little safe. But it's like, you know, I used to eat non-fat yogurt and like everything was non-fat, non-fat, non-fat. And then I called a fellow, Leslie's heard the story probably 20 times already, but I called a fellow, I was, I was um, shopping for my non-fat dressing and they didn't have it, which kind of drove me into a bit of a spin. So I called somebody and I was like, they do not have my dressing. What, what will I do? You know? And she's like, what is it? And I told her and she's like, why are you buying that? And I said, because it's delicious. <laughs> she was like, do they have it in a full fat version? I'm like, yeah. So she's like, so go buy that. And I'm like, no, 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 absolutely not. She's like, how long have you been in this program? So since that day, I have not bought any light products. I only buy full fat, whole milk. I had my first cappuccino with whole milk and you would have thought like I had won a gold medal, you know, like I was so excited, like just, oh my God, yay me, you know? And so every morning I have full fat yogurt, like that is my thing, you know, with some berries and something else and, and it's all good. It's all good. And then my meal, like today I made 
crab cakes last night. So I had a crab cake for lunch, you know? I mean, it's like, there's nothing exciting. There's nothing bad. There's nothing good. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's just food. Again, this is just for me. I have, because I come from such, every food other than lettuce, eggs, and grapefruit is bad. I had to open it up. A lot of people have to narrow. I have to open. I didn't know what I didn't know what chocolate tasted like. I didn't know what chips tasted like. I never ate them. I would have, I'd say to my friends, can you eat that for me and describe? That's insane. And I had friends who would do that with me. And I don't do that. And I say to people, I'm more, I'm more normal than most normal eaters at this point. Because I really just eat what I like. And when I'm done, I'm done. Like I'll go out with my mom. My mom will be like, you're not going to finish that? I'm like, nope. Like, it's really good though. I'm like, yeah, I'm good though. So I'm not going to finish it. And then she'll be like, do you mind if I finish it? And I'm like, be my guest, you know, <laughs> I don't care. And normally that would have been so upsetting to me because I'm like, no, the waiter needs to see that I didn't eat the food. Like the waiter needs to know that I didn't finish the meal. Right. And I worked in a restaurant. If you brought a half meal back into the kitchen, the the chef, the cook, they go crazy. Didn't they like it? What was wrong with it? Did you not come out? What did you, I mean, like, you know, but I needed the waiter to know that I wasn't going to eat that much. So every decision is still fraught. I will say that, but it's like, I just heard this in a meeting yesterday. The first decision is a reaction. Because what I've been hearing is, your first decision you have no control over, or your first your first thought you have no control over, not your decision, your first thought you have no control over. After that, you do. But hearing this was really interesting, you know? So I was like, oh yeah, okay. So I'm reacting. That's what I wanna do. That's the first thing I wanna do. And then if I can just go, uh, no, I'm not gonna do that right now. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna pick up, I'm not gonna do it. And you know, like food literally calls to us. Like we're crazy, we're all crazy, you know? Like I've been here for over 30 years and I'm still crazy. And that's what I love about this program. Like there's nobody who's got it. Anybody who says they got it in this program, run from them, like run from them. Because the only time I've ever had problems in this program was when I coasted. And I was like, I'm good, I got this, I got this. Stuck going to, you know, I still went to meetings, but once a week, barely did step work, wasn't meditating, but I was good, but I didn't have what I have now. So you can get whatever level of recovery you want. It's what you want to put into it. You know, if, if all you want to do is show up at meetings, there's nothing wrong with that. You'll get a lot of information. It'll help, you know? You work the steps, you feel a lot better. You work with a sponsor, you feel even better. You get a network of people, you feel even better. You know, it's just, nobody's telling you what to do. No, I mean, like I always tell my sponsees, I'm not your mom. I've got two kids, I don't need any more. You don't wanna call me? Don't call me. You know, I love when they apologize. <laughs> you don't have to call me, I'm not your mom. You know, like you wanna call, call. You don't wanna call, don't call. And everything I say is, this, question because I don't know anything I just been here a long time I don't know anything I just know what works for me and it may not work tomorrow 
when I was pregnant, I had to eat differently. I had to exercise differently. I shattered my kneecap two years ago. I couldn't exercise. It was not fun. You know, like, okay, it happens. It happens. It's life. Life on life's terms. That's what I've learned in these rooms. And, you know, I heard something at a meeting. I'm always hearing things at meetings, so I keep my ears open. But I heard somebody say, I love at the end of the day, putting my head on the pillow, knowing I'm abstinent. I thought, now that's good. I like that. Oh, I like that a lot. Cause I do a 10 step at night. And I was like, cause every once in a while I'll take like a handful of whatever before I go to bed, just because, okay, you know, why not? But I have to tell you, I was like, I want to be with my head on the pillow, like fully abstinent, you know, like not just grabbing for the sake of, cause I'm bored or whatever, like, cause it's going to be fun. I don't know. I don't want to have fun with it anymore. I just want to eat it, enjoy it move on. I don't want to party with it. You know, I just don't want to party with food anymore. I don't party with my body anymore. I just don't. Um, and you don't have to, like, you really don't have to, you know, it's, it took, I'm a really slow learner, really slow. So it took me a long time and I'm still learning quite a bit, but, um, you know, I just, I just want to let you all know if anybody's struggling or they're new, I, I just can't tell you the difference in my world. I have one set of clothing in my closet and it's been the same size for a long time. You know, like that's, I don't know how that happened. The only thing ever consistent was my shoes. You know, everything else was, up, I had three different sizes, lots of them, I don't do that anymore. So I'm really grateful. Um, I don't think there's really much else for me to say. I feel like I've talked beyond enough. So I really thank you all for letting me be here and for being so attentive, um, all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ray. Um, so it looks like we have enough time for questions. Um, if you have any questions, please go ahead and raise your blue hand on the participants page and we'll go ahead and call on you. Cool. Okay, Nancy B. My uh, name is Nancy Beecham. I'm a compulsive overeater, a very happy compulsive overeater. I've been an Overeaters Anonymous abstaining for 44 years with 150 pound weight loss. We are coming from completely opposite situations, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> what I'd like to ask for my question is, you spoke a lot about food, which is the damn stuff nearly killed me. That's great. But I'm wondering if you could take some time and talk about the thing that I think is why we're here and that's our behaviors. If you could talk a little about the changes and maybe perhaps are the people in your life any different? Do you have work in situations that you're kinder to your family? You know, that type of stuff. And also if you can incorporate a little about the principles in the steps and the things that you do, just talk to us a little about recovery from the aspect of how you really have to work it, you know? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yes, all of my relationships are better. No question. That's like, I mean, my husband used to get crazy with me because I could eat at one restaurant in New York City at six o'clock. That's it. It was a macrobiotic restaurant called Suen, if to any of you know it. I, I hate to do an outside issue, but honestly, Suen is well known in the eating community. So um, that's the only restaurant I could get. So now he's like, where do you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. You know, that alone is worth the price of admission and that it doesn't have to be at six o'clock. You know, that's <laughs> kind of great. Um, behaviors. My, my thing is all behaviors because when I binge, I binge on lettuce and mustard. I don't binge on cookies and pizza. So clearly it's not the food, it's the behavior for me, right? So I, what, that's why I have to have one plate of food. I can't do seconds. If I do seconds, it's gone, it's over. I can't, I have to sit down when I eat and I have to eat slowly. I have to put my fork down. I have to pray before. I have to leave the bite for God. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, but it really does help me to eat. So, and I have like I have cloth napkins. I don't I don't eat on like you know. And I create nice meals for myself. I don't I don't hold back. And um, I mean, those are the big behaviors. Oh, and I don't I don't weigh myself. I don't, I've, I, I didn't even weigh myself when I was pregnant. I just, I was like, whatever, I don't care. Let me know if it's too much. That's kind of what I tell my doctor. If it's, if there's a problem, let me know otherwise. I don't want to know. Does it answer your question? Nope, I was talking more about behaviors. Like, are you kinder? Do you have to like sometimes not win and just let go of the situation. So oh, yes, yes, yes. I thought you meant food behaviors, man. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yes. Yes, because I have all those, I have all of the slogans in my head. How important is it? You know, I, I, I just, and I'm not, I'm not stressed out about my food and my body all the time. So I am present. I'm not angry and taking it out on my family because my food isn't right tonight. So you're gonna hear about it. That's the tone I take actually, it's bad. So, you know, like there are times my daughter will be like, what's going on? And I'll, and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I'm in body obsession. Like I just know it. So yeah, that's huge difference. I don't have any of that hysteria or anger that doesn't belong to them. Or to me, I don't do it to myself anymore either. So is that more along the lines of what? Okay, good, thank you. 10 minutes left. Okay. All righty, next person is... Salome? Salome, yeah. Yes, hi, I'm Salome, I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you for your lead. Um, I, I liked the prayer that you said before you eat, but I didn't catch all of it. So I was wondering if you would share that again, please. Yes, I say, um, please guide, and you can say guide, help me with, you know, um, what I eat, how much I eat, and how quickly I eat it. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, seems to help. You're welcome. Okay, thank you. Um, Eliana D. 
Hi, it's Eliana, um, compulsive overeater. I, uh, my question was, um, is it possible you can share a little bit about um, your experience, strength, and hope on the fourth step? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. The fourth step, whew, you know, here's the great thing about the fourth step. There's no right way to do it like everything else in program, like there's a great way to do it out of the big book, which I personally do, which is the columns. Um, and then my sponsor added a bunch of columns. I've got like 10 columns I have to do when I do it. Um, there's the workbook in this program, which is fantastic because then you don't even have to think about it. I've done a chronological one where I just went through my history. I've done individual ones. I had to, I've done them on institutions. I've done them on, my body. I mean, I have done so many steps, and what's really great about them, and this is what I tell my sponsees is you're not going, oh, you're such a, you did, oh, oh my God, you're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. Or to find people who are being horrible. What I'm looking for to me, which is the most important column is what's my part. That's what I do four steps for. What is my part in this problem? And sometimes it's just accepting the situation. You know, like if I've had a shitty childhood on my parents pretty much, but I need to accept that and go, well, they did the best they could. Now I'm an adult, right? Um, so for me, it is literally an inventory. And this, and like I said, I, told, I tell my, um, I tell my sponsors you're looking for, are you, do you, what are the patterns? What are the patterns? so that you can see, oh, this is what I'm gonna ask God to get rid of. So if I find that I'm gossiping a lot, that's gonna be something I'm gonna ask God to get rid of, right? So that's, I think the four steps are really good at just seeing things so crystal clear and black and white. This is what I resent. This is why I resent them. This is what it affects. This is my part. And my sponsor says, if I was doing something, if I was living a spiritual life, how would I be behaving differently? And then the kicker, she says, T 10 things you're grateful for with this. That's really hard. That's a very long involved four step, but that, the, that's the one that I use now. That one works for me the best, but there's no right way to do them in my opinion. Did that answer your question? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Kathy, you're muted. Thank you, Leslie. I am receiving a few um, questions via chat. I um, just want to let you know that we are just now raising our blue hand to ask questions. So you're more than welcome to raise your blue hand and I'll go ahead and call on you. Um, okay, next person is Jessie L. Thanks so much, Ray. Um, I'm Jessie, compulsive overeater. And I wanted to ask you, um, you mentioned um, that uh, you no longer feel unsafe in the world. And I was wondering if you could um, tell us about what shifted and elaborate on how that happened. Well, um, I never felt safe in the world uh, when I was a kid. My dad um, used to say to us, if I had a gun, I'd shoot you now. So I had an escape plan my entire life. Um, and honestly, I just, I've been with my husband, what did I say, like 40 years? It's only recently where I haven't had an escape plan just because I've always felt like I needed one. And um, so I didn't feel safe in the world on, on a real deep level. And also just 
being a young woman in, in New York City was terrifying to me um, in the 80s. It, it was just scary. Um, so I, I was always scared. I was just always scared. And then I came, and it was one of the reasons why I moved to Los Angeles. I was like, I don't think I can take it anymore because I just felt so unsafe. And then I got here and um, work in the program. And I think it really is just knowing like God's with me no matter what happens. You know, like going through what it, I mean, my son literally almost died. It was really grim and we got through that. And I was like, we had somebody with us. There was no question that we didn't do that by ourselves. There was no question. I just knew I wasn't alone so that no matter, no matter what happened, I was gonna be okay. I, I was safe. My sponsor tells me I'm safe all the time. When I forget. <laughs> Did I answer your question? Okay, thanks. Thank you. Okay, next is Carol. Yes, hi. Thank you so much, Ray. I, I loved your share. Here's my question. How did you find your higher power? And would you define your higher power for us? If you're comfortable doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because it's, it's, it's like my food. It changes all the time. So I had a higher power growing up. I, I felt like I had a guardian angel my whole life, just 100% guardian angel. And then I felt that the guardian angel moved. And in my first meeting, my, first, my very first OA meeting, it was a beginner's meeting. And so we could ask questions. And, um, and I remember talking to the leader and saying, yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a guardian angel, but she moved. And she's like, well, who, who moved? And I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting question. So I realized like what she was saying was, if you move away from God, it's really hard for God to come to you. So if I say, I'm gonna be open to maybe this thing exists and maybe it exists in all areas of my life, maybe that's how I can open it up. And so it's changed. It was male, like male forever. And now she's, she's, she is a woman, you know, like <laughs> there's no denying it. She's got female energy and we hang together and I feel very close to her. Um, but I also call on like my father can't find my dad, a very complicated relationship with, um, he finds stuff for me. I'm like, dad, go find that for me and I'll find it. I don't know. And he watches out for my son. We talked about, like I said to him, this is your job now. You're going to watch out for him, you know? So, um, I really believe that there's, there's something beyond us. And I know I sound like a crazy LA lady, but it doesn't matter to me, it makes my day better. So who cares? I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> my family thinks I'm crazy and I don't care, you know, <laughs> just don't care. So. Thanks. Did that answer your question? It did, it did. <laughs> so I think that's actually time. It is time, yes. Perfect, thank, thank you, you, Kathy. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. This it was is fun. Thanks.